Welcome to the Blue Mountain Hunting Podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm your host, Troy Watkins, and other host, Dalton. Yep. Today we're going to be talking about preparation for a hunt, mostly getting your body and mind right for a hunt, training and, and so forth. Yeah. Like, at least for Western hunting, you can kind of get by without training and we've done it we've both done that for a long time we're also young yeah we don't have to train when you're 20 years old yeah exactly and i would say both of us are as mentally tough as they come right like we know what it takes to succeed and so we're not going to quit i don't know about if i'm as mentally tough as they come i think that i like hunting enough to stick it out dave goggins yeah might mentally run us they might the partially know me son yeah. you know what i'm saying like they <laughs> might have heard of me <laughs> i'm kind of hard dave don't yeah. like don't come at me with that <clears throat> i've stuck out some tough me. situations but you know i'm not yeah just got a broken leg on the mountain yeah hiking up. not quitting basically so. right but Figuring as far as like away. if you want to be successful and you aren't extremely experienced and know what it takes you really need to get physically prepared oh yeah and even <clears throat> like we're i'd say we're success we're part of the 10 percent for elk hunters and yeah just by the numbers you know, yeah so. yeah i wouldn't say like i'm an elk guru but just based on the numbers of elk we've killed like we're in the 10 percent that being said like we didn't train for years and now the last couple of years that we've gotten a lot more serious we've gotten a lot more serious about our training and it's only helped us be more successful oh yeah for sure and in, i and at least for myself i didn't start training for hunting i've just off and on my whole life been in the gym <clears throat> kind of been working out but right, especially well, this year and and uh last year specifically training we we were both athletes right and played sports and yeah um, you know have a slight background small school background in that yeah, when you're playing a man you're in pretty good shape yeah you better be able to run all day long yeah. and we've both been in the weight room before you know quite a bit and max bench every day yeah <laughs> you remember when we used to do that We'd i go- still do that <laughs> Just go down in the gym in the weight room and just try and max bench every yeah. single day. I tried to push 315 today. Did still you? Still didn't get it. Really? <laughs> yeah. So literally every time chest day rolls around, it's like, mm, max? I shouldn't max. Then I'm like, put it, the weight's right there. Like, just why not? put it on. Yeah, just put it on and just push try it, it up. up. Yeah. Let's give it a go. And then the rest of my lift suffers because oh, of I'm it. Oh, I'm sure. But I still force myself. It's almost like... I'm to the point with lifting where, like, if I fail a lift, I almost punish myself with less weight, like, more than it would have. It's I do harder shit with less weight than I would have done if I got it. Oh, you do a lot of one rep stuff? No. No, but, like, if I go to max (laughs) and I fail that max, that day I'm going to go ahead and lift 10,000 pounds. What else do you max besides bench? Squat and deadlift. Oh, you do? Yeah. Not so much squat right now. Yeah. But I was last winter and spring maxing on squat. 
trying to anyway. My squat's not great. Yeah, I did. I did an all-time PR. Well, by far all-time PR. Ass to grass. Ass touching heels. Three fifteen. Which is by far the most I've ever. I've done three fifteen before, but like maybe parallel. So I've. It is an entirely different game when you go past parallel. Yeah. That little well, spot like in the at bottom. That point, you're like, I gotta get balanced to go back up now. Like, yeah. It's not even just pushing. It's like not trying to fall over. And the flexibility you have to have in your ankles is kind of weird. Yeah. It takes me a long time to warm up for squats to get that deep. I, uh, I'm still, I'm, my deadlift max is still not where I want it to be. I want it to be like. Five ton it. Well, shoot right now. I'm shooting for 405. Oh, you can't pull 405? I can't pull 405. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know if it's my... With straps or no straps or what? No, with straps. Like, oh, it's right. not... I, I could... I could no strap that. You no strap I it? could no strap 405, no problem. It's not yeah. the grip strength. I don't know if it's my form, the way I'm lifting it or what, but, like, I feel like I can lift it, and then it just won't... Doesn't move? It doesn't move. I think I'm not... I don't... I honestly don't think I'm lifting it properly. Yeah. It's deadlift's kind of a tough deal because I think you're either good at it or you're not good at it. Yeah, but that's like the whole point of training, right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the same way with bench. You're better than me at bench, just naturally. Yeah, which is also weird because I have long ass arms, even though I'm shorter. Yeah, I don't have long arms. Yeah. Um. No, the the. Yeah, we're. I'm ten inches taller than you. We have the same draw length. You're. (laughs) One half inch taller than me. You're. 5'11 and a half. Yeah. And you have a 17 inch shorter wingspan. <laughs> it's a T Rex. Yeah. You know, literally a T Rex. Big T-rex. head and little arms. If T Rex had had the smallest asses on the planet. <laughs> uh, this dump truck, son. <laughs> Dumpy. Yeah. No, I, so basically. We're getting off topic. Yeah. Well, not really, but. I mean, we're tangent. still talking about fitness, but. Yeah, let's. Well, sir, kick us off. What? Where do you want to start? I just, I think we should start just in. <coughs> excuse. <coughs> He's been chain smoking. <coughs> Don't do that. That's bad fitness. Yeah. Uh, just training in general and how any sort of training will help you, no matter what, what level you're at, no matter what. So doing something is always better than doing nothing. So if you don't have a gym. Do push-ups, sit-ups, and pull-ups. If you can't do pull-ups, uh, yeah, I guarantee you got a floor where you live. Do some push-ups. I guarantee you can walk around. So go walk around. If you got a pack, wait, put a hang pack on, on, hang on. You can't guarantee all these guys can walk around. What if it's a paraplegic? Then, what if you ain't got no legs? Then this fitness stuff ain't for you, brother. Okay, none of this fitness stuff makes sense. Yeah. Do finger curls so you can squeeze that trigger good. <laughs> um. Let's work from like top down, I guess. Like, what, Cabeza? what we think is important. Like, what if you could only endurance training is the most important thing. I would agree as well. If you could only do one thing to train for hunting season, what would you do? Weighted pack training. Yes, in hills. Yeah, in uneven terrain. Yes, I would agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, like go out there and. Find the steepest trail you can. And you don't put, even have to start off with that. You can just do it. No. 
put a hundred pounds on your backpack and you don't quit till you get to the top. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't stop till you get to the top. <laughs> this is not good advice. There's only one way to the top if you're going to rock and roll. Yeah. No, how about walk up the hill first without a pack, put a pack on, walk up the hill, put a little bit of weight in the hill, in the pack, walk up the hill until that's easy. Just keep going up and increasing your... I don't your... think David Goggins would approve of this method. I think he would tell you to get hard. He would if you listen to his training protocols. I don't. I just listen to him scream in the gym. Oh. Well, you need to start slow and work your way up. And discipline and consistency is the most important thing over going, you know, once or twice and killing yourself. If you do a little bit every day, builds up. Yeah. And then you will get to the point where you're going hard. Yeah. Like, I, w- I was running for... I was doing five mile runs and six mile runs probably for two months, maybe a little less than that. And I decided to run a marathon and that shit hurt me (laughs) and it hurt me bad. Your body gets conditioned. Yeah. But like mile 14 gravy train mile 15 through 20 pain mile 20 through 26. I was a hurting bad. So working up into something is going to help you a lot more. And just understand that during the hunting season, you are going to be tired and you are going to be broken down most likely. And if you're a newer hunter, that doesn't have the experience or, or you make bad decisions, you're going to go places where there's not animals more than a, somebody who knows what's going on is going to go places where they're not animals. So you're going to probably put on more miles and more unproductive miles, which is going to weigh heavier on your psyche as well. It's going to mentally drain you more yeah. not seeing animals. You know, you hike this big canyon, you don't see animals. That's going to suck. Yeah, that's where you're going to be mentally tested. Is yeah. If you go day after day without seeing what you want to see or anything at all. Yeah. And when you're putting in miles and all you're seeing is other people, that's that's no bueno. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. But I, I feel like at that point, you're doing other things wrong as well oh yeah you know but this is just the training aspect just the being prepared so the the more in shape you are and the more fit you are the more mistakes you can make yeah the more you got mistakes you can afford to make and the the longer you're gonna go without quitting when you make mistakes Mm -hmm. you'll make you'll be able to make more mistakes without quitting than you would if you were you know 40 percent body fat yeah, you know, but so yeah. and you don't have to if you're doing weighted pack training and stuff, it's important to hike in the gear that you will be hiking in boots, pants, um, underwear. Yeah, you should shirt, get those pack boots everything broke in. But you don't have to do that all the time. Like you can wear shorts and trail runners or tennis shoes, you know, for the first part of the season or whatever, as long as when season comes you have already broken in your boots and you're already accustomed to hiking and yeah, with your whatever you're going to be hunting in. all the weight and yeah. And it's better to train with more weight than you're going to be yeah, packing around on a regular basis. I would, I would for sure say like if you plan on getting more than two miles from a road, you should be able to carry a hundred pounds in your pack Min- minimum uphill minimum yeah like that 
it, like let's say especially if you're an elk hunter but even as a as if you just wanted to hunt deer and you have a day pack which should only weigh 30 pounds at most maximum yeah if if you're, you're filming or something yeah, crazy if you're six miles in and you kill a deer you gotta why that take sucker out. why take yeah. two trips out for a deer yeah you, you want to be able to carry that whole thing out and like i would have no problem carrying a boned out deer out by myself like maybe the world's largest deer but even then a boned out deer is not that much weight like even if the deer weighs 250 pounds gigantic deer you're only gonna yield maybe 40 percent of that maybe you know and yeah. that that's about 100 pounds so i mean that's a that's a that's a lot of weight brother 100 pounds yeah i mean six, six miles we've both pounds? carried more than that yeah in no. significantly worse situations and we but all I'm, and we hated every second of it well yeah we also went up the steepest fucking hill you <laughs> could ever find like i would never have done that with if you two idiots didn't talk me into it <laughs> would never have done that yeah but i've done similar pack outs like not not quite as hard but i've, I've done, done pack outs three times the distance oh yeah and not hurt half that bad yeah yeah if half is hard yeah like moving distance. your legs is not hard on flat ground no on moving a trail your, that's money son when you take a step and your knee is the same height as your belly button or higher to take one step that's when shit gets hard yeah so yeah go find a steep trail and put 100 pounds in your backpack it's not going to be fun. You should train. <clears throat> should work up to it. Yeah. And my advice would be make your training sessions hard. Make like, especially ramping up, like every once in a while, you make training session hard so that when it's game time, it's not as hard to you. You've, you've already put in the yeah, work. Well, absolutely. And not only that, but if like, if you get to a place where you can mentally make yourself do incredibly hard three to four hour training sessions. Yeah. Then I hate to say it, but there's not much in hunting that you can mentally not do. Right. You You're going to be dealing with some adverse conditions. Like there's some things that it's pretty hard to train for, like, you know, blisters or injuries with the cold weather and the snow and, you know, being in the mountains for a long time. Well, blisters are to me are one of those things. And even, minor injuries or things that you should be prepared for like those shouldn't necessarily be a hindrance to you if you're prepared blisters suck i don't care what you do no no they them. suck but if you're prepared and you are got the right gear and you've done all the preparation like we're talking about this is all preparation yeah. you can avoid these blisters completely you can avoid these things completely no i went i went miles and miles and miles and miles in my boots last year got wet in the first part of a hike real wet and then uh had a real heavy pack nasty old blisters moleskin my guy i have feel, moleskin on you feel my... those those blisters come your feet even getting slightly hot like not even a blister yet but it feels uncomfortable i'm pulling my foot out and i'm wrapping that fucking thing up like literally every part of my foot i'll wrap it in moleskin or luco tape. I ain't got time for that. I don't do that shit at all. See, and that's how you get a blister. If you're fucking, <laughs> I got a blister and I dealt with it. 
Yeah, you, like, I just you, put a little bit of tape on there once I got in the midday. No. And it was fine. No, you you keep your, your Luco tape in the top of your pack where it's easy to get. You stop for less than five minutes, take your boot off, and you Here wrap that is. thing up like a baby. Literally like an infant. You just wrap that thing up. I, I mean, got, just all the way. I got shit to kill. I don't have time to be wrapping I, stuff up. We'll kill shit three days later when you're like, oh, my feet hurt. I can't keep up <laughs> because my feet are now basically mummies. Yeah. There is no exposed skin. No. What I'm talking about is there's no possible way that you can prepare for everything. No, there's not. So you have to be prepared for being unprepared. Yeah. Which is the only thing you can't prepare for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but like, like blisters, for example, keep Luco tape and. Yeah, look, go tape. Use that shit. Use that shit. Don't ever use any like the liquid stuff. Yeah. Also, work. If you're breaking your boots in really good and doing the preparation like we're talking about now, you shouldn't get a blister until your feet get absolutely soaking wet or something of the sorts, you know? Yeah, your feet. And if it's toughen up your feet. Yeah. And it's just a tough thing. But if your boots don't fit you, Sorry about it, but I don't care if you paid five hundred dollars for those boots. If they don't fit you and your heels don't stay in that pocket, they're not for you. You got to sell them and buy different boots. Yeah, and like, I get it; they're expensive, and you're like, man, I just spent a lot of money on these boots. If they don't fit your feet, they don't fit your feet. Yeah, and there's there are other podcasts and other resources to find. You know. You can find people with a foot that's similar to yours and what they recommend, yeah. right? So, like, and when you find a boot that fits good, don't change. Don't be that guy that's like, oh, I want to try 17 different boots. Unless you are incredibly knowledgeable about the shit and, like, you're always prepared and always trying boots, like, don't be that guy that's like, oh, I'm going to buy 17 pairs of boots and try them. Just get the one good pair of boots, spend good money on them, and run those things till they die, and then buy the same set. I think you should, uh, especially during training season, you should, if you can afford that's it. That's what I'm saying. Hell yeah. Once you find a set yeah. that's money, don't think you need to change because some other new shit came out. No. Like, Yeah. You got to experiment to find them, but once you do, like, never change. Right. And the only way to, to, to know if something's going to work is put it in a high-stress scenario and yeah. go through it, you know? Yeah. Like, my current boots, they're not the best, but they work pretty good. So I'm going to try and get different ones. Yeah, I need a new... I have to buy two pairs of boots like ASAP. I gotta buy. I'm gonna buy a set of crispy Laponias. Oh yeah, the GTXs. Yeah, for early season. Yeah, and then I'm gonna get the all tried and true Zamberland 980 Outfitters for my mid to late season stuff. Which the last set I had, I I, I they lasted me four years. I wore them five. The fifth year, it was <laughs> when it snowed. Yeah, did gator or not, my feet were going to get wet. But I was like, man, I'm mid-season. I'm not getting a new pair of boots right yeah, now. Yeah, that's tough. That's yeah. tough pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, those bear tooths. I got some insulated bear tooths last year. 
straight up money, dude. I love them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also, aside from like boot fit, your pack might take some breaking in as well. Like you get a new pack, it's not going to, mm-hmm. it might feel good on you, but you're going to get like hot spots and rubbing and everything. Like you need to wear that thing in a little bit too, you know, get 20 miles on it. So yeah. it's comfortable. I wore, I wore my pack all spring, all spring, shed hunting, bear hunting. Um, side note, just Blue Mountain Hunting Company in general, we killed eight bears this spring. Eight or nine? I killed five. Dang. How many? You killed three? You, Lee, and your dad? And my dad and Tex each shot another one that they didn't find so (laughs) yeah that's that's on them right but uh i just got it dialed in towards the end of the spring you know last couple bears i thought i had it good and then i was just playing around with it and i pulled it up a whole nother notch on the shoulder straps and it was like night and day just i found that pocket where it feels great even with a lot of weight in it. Yeah. And that takes time. Yeah. Just, you know, just figure, figure stuff out. And like the only way you do that was with training. Like that hip belt is going to conform to your body. Yeah. You know, the, the, the frame is going to wear into your shoulders and your back, you know, every, all that material is going to break down around your body a little bit. Mine's, I have carbon fiber stuff. So it doesn't, really... well, I'm talking about the foam. Oh, like, yeah. And even even the EXO guys will say that the K4s need some serious use before they're really broken. Which is good. I agree. You know, I agree. If you want, if you have something durable, it usually takes some breaking. Yeah, yeah. Like, like typically, things that are comfortable off the rip don't last because the material is not durable enough. Right. It's not stiff enough hey for dudes. anything. I got a set of Hey Dudes last year. Absolutely the most comfortable thing you could ever put on your feet. You can see my all of my toes yeah. <laughs> through those things. Yeah, exactly. But also, they're, you can go online and get them for 30 bucks. Really? Yeah, on their website. They have some for sale for $30 right now. Wow. They have sales on I get paid 50 for mine. Yeah, they have sales going oh. on. Uh, so, but yeah, like you're paying $30. You're like, hmm. Yeah, I'll pay $30 every three months for a set of these. Yeah, they're they're worth it. But if you're buying a set of $500 boots that you want to last years, if okay, they're probably not going to be that comfortable right off the rip because they're going to be take some break in. Yeah. And and a pair of boots, a pair of good boots will last most people years and years. Yeah. Yeah, my boots, and I would say... Not say I know I haunt more than the average dude, but I think about it. The average dude hunts five two to weeks seven days at most. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even say. Oh, maybe deer and elk. Yes, yeah. probably maybe fourteen days maximum. Yeah, maximum. maximum. And I'm trying to hit a hundred every year. Right. And yeah, I took those boots to their fucking limit. Like the, <laughs> the stitching is coming out on them on the sides. I can stick a finger. From basically my ankle bone where it sits through the boot to my ankle bone. Really? Yeah. And so I took them to the absolute limit, but the tread on the bottom is basically slick. Like they're wore out 
but I got five years out of those things. I should have quit at four, but I got five out of them. Right. That gives you kind of a sense of pride to wear out boots. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially a $500 set of Italian made full leather boots, right? Like, I mean, I don't wear shit out. I just lose it. <laughs> yeah, you do lose it. Just fucking lose everything. About that puffy jacket, you're so proud two. of it. I'm I'm down two puffy jackets <laughs> in the last three. Years. I know you have them. I don't have them. I know you. Swear have to them. God, I don't. How have come them. it's the only piece of expensive hunting clothing that I lose? I don't know. I've never lost a puffy. I own two of them. You probably own more than that <laughs> because you have my other two. <laughs> I only have two puffies. Huh. Might have sold the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Vinny has an extra <laughs> set of puppies. Oh, I don't have them. Yeah. You definitely less left them at some girl's house. I know you did. First off, no. Would never do that. First off, don't like girls. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> That's gross. So let's get that out of the way. All right. So we've gone over a little bit of pack training. Let's talk about gym. What's What's up in the gym? Strength training. Things like that. Man, you like I hit the gym like a meathead from the nineties. Like I I really do. And I'm not trying I won't sugarcoat it at all. Like I go to the gym to lift weight, to lift heavy weight and do a, a little bit of cardio, but mostly I want to hit those PRs, son. <laughs> yeah. Like and that's okay too so you because we just strength train in the in the regular lifts. Yeah, I hit all the the typical lifts and then I'll typically hit between 30 and an hour of cardio per day. Oh, you do? Try to. I wouldn't say it's like extreme cardio. Well, like treadmill I, or what? Treadmill or like an assault bike. Every day? Yeah. Not in the, not I'll not. like some days I'll hit 20 minutes if it's real late, but mm -hmm. I try and get a half hour in. Going hard or just what? No, not really. Getting my legs moving, get the blood flowing, get a sweat going. And then, honestly, my cardiovascular system is probably my weakest point right now. But I just, I do get that, that cardio, that calorie burn, that sweat going every day. Mm -hmm. It helps that there's solitaire on the assault bikes there. <laughs> you play solitaire? So I just smash solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good way to do it to uh, make it uh part of your like an, a reward kind of like a good time yeah i don't i use it the opposite way i i will say too though like if you aren't if if whatever you're doing for training or anything like that if it's not something you want to go do you won't make it you might go do it occasionally, but you won't make it a routine. You won't go do it every single day. So, like, like me, for example, where I just want to meet head, go set, go lift weights and throw weights around. I like doing that. So I will go do it every day. Running and stuff, like, I need to force myself to do it more, but at least I'm doing, I'm getting in the gym for two, an hour and a half, two hours every day. Yeah. Shoot. Friday and Saturday, I had six hours in the gym. Really? Yeah. One time. And there was an about an hour and a half of lifting, an hour and a half of cardio on each one of those days. 
that'll do it. But I still bet my heart rate didn't go over like 150. Oh, really? Yeah. Like even the long cardio session, I was, I was sweating, but I wasn't breathing heavy per se. Sustained long cardio is hard. And I, it's just weird. When I first started running, I could run hard for like a tele, you know, furlough or for length or whatever they call it. Telephone pole to telephone pole. Yeah. Now I can run hard for a mile, probably. Well, both of us, when we were 17, could run hard for seven miles straight. Yeah. Our football team was a cross-country team. Literally. I bet we could outrun all of them pussies. We, tra- uh, we trained in the first week with the cross-country kids, and I beat the cross-country kids. I don't remember doing that. You guys slacked off. You oh. and the other guys. I don't remember doing that ever. It was early in the morning, and I remember because I laughed you guys like twice. I don't. I didn't do that. Never did that. What? I tried so hard back then, I never <laughs> slacked off. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, training in the gym is, I think it's important, too, because you got to be able to, to have some explosive power as a hunter. It's not super important as a hunter, but having, you know, good, strong ligaments, good, strong joints, good, strong muscles, good core. You need to have balance and, and all those things. And you get that from the, in the gym doing squats. Deadlifts are pretty risky, they say, but I love deadlifts. Man, I just deadlifts, got started getting into it again. Deadlifts. Deadlifts are risky if you're trying to PR. You will hurt your back. I've never had a problem. I mean, you need to belt up and everything, but like if you're if you're trying to pull really, really heavy weights, deadlift, you will fucking eventually hurt your back. But if you're deadlifting like heavy, but a reasonable amount, you'll be fine. But if you're going for a PR every other week or whatever, you will hurt your back. Well, all of the experts say that it's too risky to do if you're a performance-based athlete. <laughs> yeah. they say Literally, they're like, do you want to be good at deadlifting? Then deadlift. You want to be good at anything else? Don't deadlift. Don't deadlift. Do power cleans and jerks. But I do enjoy deadlifting. So do I. <coughs> and it's a good, it targets my back really well. I feel like it's such a, a compound lift that it's hitting so many different muscle groups at once that it's worth it. Yeah. Especially if you're not pulling extremely heavy. I get it mostly all in my back. Mostly all. Like, I don't know if it, my the rest of my body is just stronger than my back. But I feel it all in my back and I'm sore in my back for days. Not anywhere else. Yeah, mostly. Like, I would agree with that. Like, the soreness hits my back. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you're when you're doing that lift, you're using your legs your hip flexors, you know, your lower back, your upper back, your lats, like all of it has to work in conjunction to lift that weight like that. Oh, yeah, your core's got to be tight. Yeah. yeah. But for somebody that doesn't lift very often, some exercises that I personally would recommend is always squat. That should be like one of your main priorities. Uh, do deadlift if it feels good. Do it. If not, don't do it. Uh, weighted carries would be another good idea a really good idea weighted carries build your core and your grip strength and all that uh stiff-legged deadlifts dumbbells or with a barbell that's really great for your hamstrings and then uh weighted uh lunges killer for 
at least if you lean forward, kills kills the glutes for me. Love that. And then just some regular, uh, some standing shoulder press for your shoulders, curls and uh, extensions for your arms, as well as for your chest bench, and then dumbbell bench, and then flies. And incline, those, definitely incline. Those single leg split squats. Yeah. Those things will straight up wreck you. Yeah. And I highly recommend them. I like you want to build. I like the glutes. lunges over the split squats just for the fact that it's dynamic. You're walking. Well, if so, if I'm hitting a leg day, I'm hitting both. What? Yeah. I don't think I don't want to be able to walk for three days when I do it. Yeah, day. I can't. I don't have it in me to do both of them in a day. I mean, yeah, you do. You just might have to use less weight on one or the other. Maybe. Like, well, at this point, and I don't want to be not walking for three days because I run every day. Well, then you should be able to do. And that's both, the most important thing. Still make yourself go run. It's not. That's that's not what my focus is. It's focus is on running yeah. anyway. That's more important to me right now. Yeah, that's just fair. Yeah. But like, I so when I go into the gym, I target like muscle groups per se: arms, back, back, Bro chest. Split legs yeah that's yeah. the traditional bro split yeah. and so like when i go do a leg day i'm probably going to start with squats and then i'm going to do split squats and then i'm going to do squat machine there's leg press and then i'm probably going to do some sort of fireman's carry or split squat or a walking lunge probably both depending on how much time i have and I'm going to do some quad, what is it, quad extensions and quad. Leg extensions. Yeah, leg extensions and then leg curls. Leg curls. And then, like, this one probably sucks the worst, but I don't even know what it's called. All the girls do it where they, like, strap the cable to their leg and then, like, kick one leg back. <laughs> it's called the kickbacks. Yeah. Fuck that noise. You put on, like, quite a bit of weight to where it's hard to do and then make yourself do 10 in a row with one leg and then switch the other. Fuck that noise. Hmm. It is one of the hardest leg workouts I've done. It does not feel good. Yeah. So like, I guess if we're talking about our training right now, if I can, which not all the time I can because sometimes I wake up literally at like 10 PM to go to work but if i'm going to work at six o'clock in the morning like i normally do i'll wake up at four and go for a run usually like five to seven miles and typically i'm doing about 80 percent of those below my max uh, anaerobic heart rate which for me is like 130 something i don't know but it's it's mad slow you're basically not even running and then 20% is like speed work type stuff. And then uh, in the afternoons after work, I go to the gym and I do like a, not a push-pull legs, but kind of like an upper-lower split. And typically like for a leg day, I'll go in, I'll start with leg curls. Then I'll go to squat and I stay on squat for a long time. Hit failure at squat. 
um, or just a route right about failure. I wouldn't say failure, maybe a nine out of 10. And then I'll go do my walking lunges and then I'll do uh, goblet squats with my heels elevated. And then after that, I'll go do leg extensions and then I'll do a hamstring mo movement. And then on the hamstring days I'll do, instead of the walking lunges, I'll do the, uh, stiff legged deadlifts, but I squat every no Romanian day. deadlifts. I, I like stiff legged deadlifts over the Romanians just cause it tar If I do, uh, Romanians, it hits my lower back too much. I don't know how to make without like flexing my core th as hard as I possibly can. About to pop your lower in. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ugh. no, it's, I'm I such a meathead like I don't want to I'm not gonna go run seven miles I probably should but I'm not gonna and then like I want people say work to failure I'm like okay it's gonna take me six hours to work to failure because when I'm fail it one way I'm just gonna go lower weight and then do that till I felt that until I literally can't lift anything like to me that's failure and it it would be for you as well. It would take you to true failure. It would take you six hours. I, I use failure with a weight. And if I'm doing so a like drop it, set or whatever, that's so fine too. If you're, if just for easy math, you're squatting 225, uh -huh. you're just going to hit that on sets of 10 until you literally, you can't complete a set of 10. Uh -huh. And that would be failure for you. I would do that until I couldn't hit a set of 10. Yeah. And that's failure for that exercise. I see. That's not, I'm not. I'm not taking it easy in the gym after that. No. But for that exercise, that's failed. That's when I'll put up the weight. Yeah. I see. And and yeah. mostly what I do for squats right now is I'll do I'll do five sets of five is what I'm doing right now. But typically I'm doing like two twenty-five or two forty-five or five sets of five. And then like sometimes I get mad at myself because if I lean forward and like take this tension off my quads and put it on my back, I can squat a whole lot more yeah. and I, it's way easier yeah. and I'll do it for like the last two reps and I'll get, I'll get fucking pissed yeah. at myself and I'll like basically stand straight up and down and like squat until my legs are fucking shaking and I can't go up anymore and I'll drop down to the bars. Yeah. That makes me feel better. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of the same way I get when I can't hit like a bench pr and yeah, i'm like annoying isn't it oh it's, it pisses me off so like annoying. I, why just lift it lift that weight just you pussy go. just, just fucking push it up yeah. it's not that heavy and then like when i'm underneath the bar I'm, help ah, help me come on help asking to get so i'm gonna do what i'm gonna fail my next lift Ice cream, so good. Ice cream, so good. Oh my god. <laughs> um, no. So like, when I go in, I'm aiming for a specific number of reps, right? Like, if I'm on flat bench, I'm like, I'm gonna get thirty reps in. Oh. And total volume. Yep. And so like, I'll start extremely heavy. Do like one to three reps. Then I'll drop down weight. Go five reps try and hit it for five again, probably fail that time, drop more weight, hit it for 10 reps, and then 10 reps, and then 10 reps again, oh, yeah. if I can. 
Yeah. But like I'm, I'm trying to hit that 30 reps with as much weight as I possibly can. Right. Literally, meathead from the 90s. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah. Which is not, that's not a good way to be for training for hunting. It's a good way to be for building muscle. For building muscle it is. Yeah. But that's also why I make myself do cardio at the end of every session. Because I got to get a sweat up and I'm not going to look like Jake Hutler. So. Yeah. Definitely. I don't, I bet he could pack some elk weight out there. I bet he couldn't. I bet he'd leave him on the mountain and he would never get back up. I bet he would not quit. Probably not, but I he's going to eat the whole... By the time he gets to the top, all the protein is going to be gone. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to eat, eat the whole elk on the way out. He needs all 5,000 grams of protein yeah. today. Yep. Uh, so that kind of takes care of the gym stuff and the running. Uh, let's talk about like what putting that stuff into practice like what it training training in a hunting situation how we could do that like shooting yeah things like that so like honestly and you'll agree to this i know you will you know you can do a lot of things to train for hunting but when it comes time to kill an animal the only way to train for that is to do it yeah and me and you both have, we've talked about it many times, how frustrated we get with other people that aren't good at it. Mm-hmm. So what you, what really, what people need to train for, they need to do all this gym shit. They need to work out hard. They need to do all this stuff, but you need to train to get down on your gun. Yeah. When you're, when you're tired, you need to. You're going to get to the top, you know, you're going to rush to the top of that ridge to see over is that elk about to crest over the next ridge. And you need to be able to to get your shit together long enough to locate that animal, identify it's the one you want to kill, get your gun, get down, and control your breath enough for a shot. I've almost passed out. Yeah, I for sure have been like, like 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 you shoot and you're like... Yeah, I've done that. Excuse me, I've done that so many times. Yeah, like when I'm trying to, like, I got my gun out, I can see the animal in the scope. I don't breathe until Mm -hmm. I pull the trigger, and I've legitimately like seen little sparklies Mm -hmm. because I've held it for too long and I need oxygen so bad. Yeah, you get your scope and you get your crosshairs around that elk and you haven't started to hold your breath yet and the it's going all over from hind leg hind hoof to the top of its rack to the tip of its nose yeah it's everywhere and then you just and And, squeeze that thing and what you don't do is try and like swing through the animal to shoot like yeah you need to be where you your crosshair needs to be where you want it to be yeah if you're trying to control that like like the movement in your crosshair and swing through it and shoot it's not you're gonna miss oh yeah and you're not gonna be able to track that impact you're not gonna see anything just all bad news yeah granted a lot of times i don't have enough breath to try and look through the scope any longer than what i have already looked through well that's comes with knowing you're making a good shot too though like yeah that's that's the most important thing i think that sec that split second right there all the how it doesn't matter how tired you are how much you need to breathe 
as long as you can get everything together for that one split second where you're pulling yeah. the trigger, it doesn't matter what you do after that. Yeah. Go crazy. Yeah. Literally, I like nothing else matters. None of the training you yeah. did all summer, none of this other shit you're doing or thinking about. You can breathe after you've shot. Yeah. You don't need to catch your breath before. Maybe but a little bit. Shoot but, again. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, but you can breathe after this is yeah. all over. And literally me, if I'm in that situation, I miss, I just assume never breathe again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's how I you feel. You don't deserve air. Yeah. That is how I feel if I miss something. Yeah. Like, why am I still breathing? Why didn't I just shoot myself? At yeah. least something would have died. At least I wouldn't have wasted a bullet. Yeah. Yeah. No, like that. So you can do but that you in can, your. You can train for that. Yeah. You can train for it in your living room, on your front porch, oh, anything. Yeah. Literally yeah. just pick something away have your rifle on your backpack take all that shit off get it all set up and shoot not shoot but get on target <laughs> yeah. and pull the trigger with an empty gun yeah and have somebody there timing you that should take less than 30 seconds oh for sure from like the time i'm taking a gun off my pack the time i'm pulling that's the trigger for, that's a decent poke you know yeah that's not for a 200 yard no if it was shoot, if it's under 200, I'm probably off-handing it, unless there's a really easy rest or where place to lay down or something. Depends on the animal. Yeah, that's situation to be. Yeah, you know, but I'm always trying to get. Yeah, rest is always better. I'm at least sit on my booty if yeah. I can. Yeah, rest is always better. Oh, but yeah. I, I had to shoot two bulls under. Well, one was like 200, and the other one was like 100 last year offhand. Yep. So I mean, just when I'm standing in legitimately five foot tall brush and i can see an elk like you gotta do it. there's literally no other shot opportunity so yep. yeah yeah which is which is fine but i would also like if you got stairs then sick but you don't have to have stairs put some pillows on the ground get on, uneven you know make it so it's not just a flat floor yeah that you can just throw a bipod out on right yeah you need to you need to be able to just throw your pack down and and make your adjustments to a semi-comfortable position for you know i would say like that 400 yards and in yeah just and, just get to where you're steady enough to where you can shoot and then shoot again yeah and practice finding things in the scope yeah like, make sure you're zoomed out find it in the scope zoom in shoot yeah zoom out yeah, it that is the most frustrating thing of all time is when somebody can't find something in the scope. Yeah, but I run the I run the scope, like I run. Oh, the I zoom. I do too because I just, you got it. Zoom it. Yeah, up. yeah. I lost it. I zoom it down. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, because it you put too much on somebody else's plate that doesn't experience, they will fuck it up. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. they haven't but, done the training. Yeah, but if you listen to us and do some training. Maybe you could be the guy that's zooming in the scope. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're in it, like, if you're bow hunting, you know, take, luckily, like here, we have a 3D range. Throw on a weighted pack, go hike that 3D range. There's hills and other stuff. So you go hike that and then don't take your pack off to shoot, you know, weighted pack, shoot, or with your bino harness on. Yeah. Or even if you only have a target in your backyard. Go do a hundred yard sprint, grab your bow, knock an arrow, all this shit, shoot a fifty yard shot. Like tough pumpkins. 
Yeah, it's hard. It's not an easy, that's not easy. Yeah. Dead, and you might think, well, whatever, I'm not going to be sprinting 100 yards and then shooting at an elk. That is not true it at is, all. <laughs> that's probably not true for one. And number two, when you see a bull and he's and you're about to take a shot, your heart's going to be pity pop popping. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you. Yeah, so even if you're not training for running, you need to train for that adrenaline dump. Yeah. You know? And it's gnarly. Yeah. I've been I've been on a couple hunts where I was into the elk and some pretty thick stuff. And your heart's just up and then you're dumped. And then in a little later on in the day, it's up and then it's dumped. And it takes it out of you. Dude. Yeah. It, and it's uncontrollable. Yeah. You can't, like, I don't, maybe some people can, but it's part of the reason why I hunt is for that stuff. Yeah. Also, practice different shooting angles, like archery, different shooting angles. Practice shooting off yeah. your knees. Practice. Crouched down a little yeah. bit, leaned over, you know, like across yeah. a tree, you're leaning out. Yeah, yeah. Like, put the, say there's a tree, you're standing behind the tree, the bull's at 50 yards out, you draw behind the tree, and instead of stepping out, you just want to lean out enough to clear that tree. Yeah. Well, you can't just lean. You have to lean at the waist and can't your wrist, both of your wrists back more and your head. So that way you're staying level on your bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many things that you don't want to find out in the situation. You want to know what to do before that. You know, you have to train for this stuff. Yep. And also just the training aspect in general of pushing your body is going to toughen up your mind. Yeah. Which I, I'm still on the train that mental toughness trumps all, trumps all other tra- types of toughness. It definitely does. I mean, you can do amazing things with your mind. Yeah. Yeah, like, for years I wasn't in the best shape. And then, you know, just didn't thought I need, didn't think I needed to be. And I didn't to kill stuff. But sure I also knew what it took and I just didn't quit. Too dumb to quit. Yep, that's what you got to be. You know, like, there's elk. It's seven miles from us. Well, that's a bad idea. So, you want to kill an elk or not? Honestly, the probably the the most effort that I think you have to put forward pre-kill is, at least in my experience, has been I see an elk for a second or somewhere and I have to get to the top of the ridge quick style. Yeah. And you're not, and it's not like a little hundred yard sprint. Like you're going uphill with all your gear and it's hot and you're just, you're giving it all the gusto. Then guess what? You get to the top. Now you got to shoot mm-hmm. or you got to find them and you got to readjust again and you got to be quiet. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so taxing on your body and your head to make the right decisions when you're tired yeah yeah it's a it's a lot yeah a lot 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 a lot going on at one time yeah and so if you train for individual circumstances when you all these things come together at once you'll be able to work through them yeah instead of being overloaded by problems yeah and you'll be able to the more in shape you are and the more that you've trained and drilled, 
the better you will think also and you'll probably make better decisions yeah and and not only that but the more you've trained and drilled the less you have to think because you know what to do yeah you're not thinking about what should i do it's this is what i need to do yeah you know also being in shape it uh, gives you more opportunity to go after animals that like the previous version of you maybe could not have gone after because you wouldn't have got there in time or you physically couldn't have gotten to a certain area. And it also gives you an edge over other people that are not as in shape. You can go places where they can't. Yeah. Yeah. Or newsflash. A lot of times big bulls and big bucks are in some nasty stuff where it's hard to get to. Yeah. Then typically you're not finding them. A mile from the road, typically. <clears throat> Plus, right. it's a rut hunt, and then they can be wherever. But yeah, they're just, the more prepared you are mentally, physically, with your gear, the more likely you are to succeed. And that's all it comes down to. You know, we grew up in the West, we grew up hunting elk and deer. We knew what it took to succeed, so we relied on that. But times, places, things, they're always changing. Mm-hmm. And so, you, like, we have seen that we need to to be continuously successful like we have been. We also have to change and adapt, which means training more, preparing more, being ready to go. Yes. Yeah, hunting's more popular than it has ever been. Yeah, in the West, for sure. And you need, you need an edge. It's not, anymore, it's not good enough to just kind of have an understanding of the animals and have a spot. It's not good enough anymore. Well, spots, spots get burned, man. Like style. They will, me and you both have spots, not even far from each other that in a matter of two years, it went from seeing a ton of elk to seeing a ton of people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and no elk like yeah some couple very, yeah no no elk to speak of and um luckily we were good enough hunters to adapt but like those were our honey holes for a long time and and that's draining on your on your head too that's like, oh yeah that sucks yeah it's not fun and like but what it forces you to do is to adapt and to to figure out other places right like we i wouldn't say we got good at hunting we were only good at hunting those spots, but we got good at hunting and killing elk in those spots. And that's not being a good elk hunter. That's a good spot hunter. Yeah. You know, so we knew what it took to go in there and kill elk. Well, nowadays, I'm trying to kill elk in places I've never stepped foot before. And not I, ha- I have the mental toughness. I need to bring on some more of that in-shape physical toughness. And I'm physically tough, but like just being in shape to to be successful, right? Like there's only so much mental toughness will do if you can't hike up a fucking ridge fast Mm. enough. Like if it's physically impossible. Right. For sure. And the amount of things that we're hunting now, you just have to, if you're not in good shape, you're more prone to energy uh, injury and things like that, which is something that I've been working on too lately. And I'm going to work on more is like flexibility as well. Yeah, some of I'm my just not flexible. The most unflexible flexible. person of all time. But, you know, you go hunt an antelope tag, then you go hunt a archery elk tag, then you go hunt a 
rifle deer tag, then you go hunt a rifle elk tag, then you go hunt another rifle elk tag, then you yeah. go hunt a, a, a rifle deer tag, then you go hunt uh, archery uh, deer tag. Yeah. That's a lot of tags, and that's a lot of time to be in the hills, and that's a lot of time that you can get injured. Because yeah. you're not going, like, it's not like you're taking it easy on these hunts. Yeah, injured and burnout, right? Like, a lot of guys, especially... You know, from previous generations, they'll be like, man, sometimes you just got to take a break. No. You just got to take... No. Fuck that. No. You, that day that those guys are sleeping is so valuable to me. Like, there is, it would take a lot of money. A lot of money to get me to give up that one day of hunting to go to work. Like, it, they would take so much money that I would not need to worry about going to work for like three months. After that, like it would be that type of money. The the thing that I see too about people when they're not successful, especially for consecutive days and not seeing animals, they start making up like you you, you go with guys for years and you kind of get to know them when you get when the people are seeing stuff and you're killing the animals. They got all the time in the world. As soon as you go three days without seeing an elk or whatever. They, uh, all of a sudden some shit came up at home. Yeah. Oh, I've got to get back and do this at the house. Oh, this. Oh, so you weren't planning on coming up here and staying for the whole week? Or you just planning if it was good? Yeah. And I got no time for those people. Yeah, I don't either. That shit's so dumb. Like, you got to be all in or all out to me. And not everybody has to be that way, but to hunt with me, you do. Like. I got some friends that I'll hunt with, but only if they get a good fucking tag because I don't want to plan my time around them, them not have see what they want to see and go want to go home. Yeah, like that's no. why I hunt with girls, dude. They don't care. They took the they blocked out their time off. They're gonna go and they're gonna go wherever, and they're just gonna be like, "Oh man, that was steep," and that's it. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we got to go out over here." I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Okay." They're like, they see a, a fucking, whatever, an eagle catch a rabbit or something. They're like, that was the coolest shit ever. That was worth the whole trip right there. I'm like, just wait till you, just wait till you pop a cap in this elk. You're going to think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till you get this. And they're much more like appreciative. I would say so. And I would say in general, people aren't appreciative of being helped. And. I'd say a form of that is their how unprepared they are. You know, like we put in all this work and we're already better hunters than them. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, we already, uh, we already know more things than they do. More, and we yeah, yeah, prepare better. Yeah. And, and we and we spend money where. Yeah, this isn't this isn't talking shit on girls. This is mostly talking shit on our bitch ass friends. Yeah, all you all you gay boys that are like. I love those guys that are like, yeah, I'm a hunter. What do you mean? Yeah. You drive around on a razor for a little while and yeah, what? Yeah, just like throw some lead at a porky. Yeah, that's why. So like, a ridiculous amount of people ask me, and I'm sure you as well, to take them hunting, and I got to the point where I'm just straight up like, nah, dude, go draw this tag and I'll I'll take you. Yeah, but that's it. Like. And I really like a lot of these dudes day to day, right? But they're just not where we are at, and I'm not willing to sacrifice 
my finite amount of hunting time to take somebody else that doesn't care as much as I do. The amount of effort and training and money and happiness and that I put in to hunting is it outweighs everybody else's time and effort that they want to put forward. Like with all the effort and time and yada, 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 and all the sacrifices that I make for hunting, it's not worth me taking somebody that's going to come for a day. We have three days planned and want to leave. Yeah, that's just, that doesn't fly. And more than likely, if you rode with me, we're not going home. Yeah. At all. I let I it happen care. last year and I shouldn't have. Just because I was excited about somebody else tagging, getting an opportunity. Yeah. But not not anymore. If, I, if you go with me, we're hunting. <clears throat> yeah. Like, there's, I only have so many days. And if you're going to do that stuff, and not be all in, I'll go take a kid. You know, I'll go take just somebody old, somebody else that will appreciate it, be excited about it, be happy that they're just there and doesn't know no better because they've never killed anything. Right. You know? And so if you're not all in, you don't have to be all in on hunting like me, right? But you have to be all in on this trip. Yeah. You're you're not leaving early. We're not taking days off. We're not sleeping in. Yeah. We're not staying. We're not going home early. Yeah. You know? I I think a lot of a lot of people and this might tie into the lack of training type deal. Uh get tired or whatever and they want want to sleep in or want to come off the mountain in the daylight, you know. They wanna make it a camping trip and not a hunting yeah. trip. Yeah. And I'm just not about that. Yeah, I had a girl. Like, I don't have any any interest in setting up a tent and having a little cook fire and all this jazz. I got a sleeping bag and I got a front seat and I got a mountain house. Yeah. yeah I'm a, tired, bro. I'm had, going to sleep. I had a girl the other day ask me if she if I would take her hunting. Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh. probably not. She's like, what do you mean? <laughs> How like, dare you? How dare you not give me free shit? Are you like cool with sleeping in the front seat of my pickup and like eating dehydrated food for six days? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, that's typically what I do if I'm not sleeping on the ground out there. Yeah. You know, and she's like, well, why don't you like set up a camp? And because I'm like, that I'm doesn't a, kill shit. I'm not a camper. I'm a hunter. Yeah, that that's not. What if I need to yeah, what if wrap I'm... it up and move? Yeah. I'm zigging. 60 miles the other direction. Yeah, I'm zigging and zagging. I'm making mm-hmm. moves. Mm-hmm. I'm like Cardi B, okay? I'm making money moves. Sometimes. Sometimes. Mostly I'm making bad money moves. <laughs> Some, most of the time I'm just like, God damn it. There's no elk in this place. <laughs> but, like, me and you both, we spend... So much money, so much time. Yeah. Like, have dedicated a majority of, like, a large part of our lives to be able to spend all this time hunting and gaining this information and doing all this shit. Especially this year for both of us, I would say, we've invested the most time, the most money, and the, mo- like, the majority of our lives this year has been 
I would say for sure, financially for you, you have spent the most you've ever spent. Probably tenfold the most you spent in one year. An insane amount yeah. more than normal. Yeah. I would say I've spent probably I'm talking about not calendar year, the last twenty four or twelve months. The last twelve months? Yeah. It, you got your rifle before last season, but Oh, I, I would say like I've picked up a lot of gear in the last five years where yeah. you bought it all this year for I some reason. Every <laughs> single piece of gear this like, year. I wouldn't say I've spent the most money I've spent in one year, but I still spend a lot. Just in fucking tags, I bet I've spent four grand this year. Yeah. You know, like just in tags. Most guys are pissed if they have, can't go get a deer tag for ten dollars and elk tag for twenty. Yeah. Like I don't some dude on mine was bitching about it. He's like, we can raise the elk tags up to sixty bucks and not sell any to non residents. And I'm like, fuck what? you. What? Fuck you, for one. I would rather pay a thousand and get rid of cheap bitches like you on the mountain. Yeah. You know, I the most like trashy camps and the most junk and stuff I see and the most deplorable behavior that I see on the mountain oh, absolutely is not of, from non residents. It's out of redneck residents. It's these dumb sons of bitches from our hometown. Which is we need a whole podcast on this. Yeah, we should talk but, about this later on. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get hot in a second. Yeah. So let's. Oh, I had to have a discussion back. with my dad and my brother about it the other day, because they were mad that, yeah, the same. non-resident elk tags had sold out. Like, Why they're non. They're because they're like, well, we should get to buy them. They already had their sale day. I'm like, dude, we do get to buy them in August. Yeah. Let them have their allocation mm-hmm. until August. Like, we're lucky we get a chance at those anyway. They're the only state. It's a second. It's an extra yeah. opportunity. We're the only state that gets that, man. Right. Like. Like you guys, I get it. You want your elk tag. I do too. I want two of them in a bad way, but we'll get them. I yeah, mean, it just, there's for where it just depends. There's twelve thousand of them, and those dudes are paying X number as much as we are for them. Their allocation hasn't gone up in thirty fucking years. Just let them do their thing, man. Mm-hmm. You know, let them have those tags. And there's still tags that we can buy in August. Yeah, like extra elk tags. Yeah, there will be because there's not there's zones that are not capped. Yeah, there will be, and so that's like I we got into kind of an argument. I was like, just no, I don't agree with you guys. Like, my brother's like, you're a fucking non-resident sympathizer. I was like, I'm a non-resident, forty-nine states motherfucker. Yeah, like I don't. If I can only get one elk tag, so be it. You know, I want to in a bad way. I've been able to get to for the last 10 years. Yeah. But those dudes put their money where their mouth is. They're, I'd rather I'd rather sell double the amount of tags to them and put a cap on every resident tag. You I know, agree 100%. Like, they're, they put their money where their mouth is. They're good hunters. They're typically respectful unless you're a dick to them. Like, when I hunt out of state, I am, and I've even noticed it with myself, I am more respectful and like toe the line and have everything triple checked. Yeah. Instead of like in Idaho, I'm like, oh, I'm going hunting. I know the regs, but shit, I don't, I typically am pretty caught up, but I don't know something could have changed. Like I don't read them like I do other states. I don't, no. you know, like 
when you put your money where your mouth is, you're typically more invested in it than the yeah. dudes who are going on a camping trip to drink fucking bush light and Keystone light in this hang area, out, my boy. Hang out with their fucking I didn't want to throw Keystone under the bus. I like Keystone. <laughs> well, it's not bush light, I can yeah, tell you that. Well, hang out with their fucking homies, drive around, throw beer cans out. Yeah. Yee yee, talk shit on non-residents when they just because they can't kill elk. Like, oh, let them let them see a non-resident uh, pick up with a rack in it. Oh my god, just watch, just watch them. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> they are gonna lose their you, shit. You want to talk? You want to like the most successful way to ever piss somebody off online when they're talking shit about non-residents? Like, quit blaming your inability to kill elk on non-residents. Right, they, they'll lose their mind. Oh yeah. I've right. been hunting this spot for 25 years. Find a new spot. Yeah. Got blown up. You haven't killed a bull since 87 and that's non-residents fault? No. no. I've killed fucking 21 of them in the last... I killed 20 of them in the last 10 years and the other one was before that. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's get real. It's, yeah, it's always... And it's just a lack of education, really. Yeah. Just a lack of caring, you know? It's hard, and I find myself in this spot a lot, just complaining about shit that I don't know too much about. Yeah, like I could always learn some more about it and figure yeah. some stuff out, or just I'm just ignorant. I'm just mad about something else, you know. Yeah, like the tag thing, I'm mad about that too. You know, that sucks. But it, yeah, it does suck. But it's I'm not happy. About it's it. their allocation. There's yeah. twelve thousand of them. They only get twelve thousand. If, they if don't we can get all the money that it brings in. And not give them any tax? I'm down. Well, if we raise it, resident elk prices to $500 a tag, we won't have any problem with cap zone selling out. Oh, but the fishing game would be bombed. I'll be there defending them. <laughs> I will be there with a they would literally fucking riot. gat and be like, get out of here, you rednecks. Get a better job. Care about it more. Literally, if you can afford to go hunting, you can afford to buy a $500 elk tag. It's less than $10 a week to save up to buy an elk tag at that cost. Yeah. Anyways, we got it way off. Yeah, we did. We, that's a whole other podcast we're going to have. Yep. But anyways, back to just, just the training principles in general and being more prepared for your hunt. I think it's the the way you should structure it is endurance training should be your first and foremost thing that you're um, focusing on. So that doesn't mean that you can't be like a hybrid athlete and strength train and bodybuild and, and do endurance sports as well. Or if you're just mainly all you want to do is is hunting, you need to do your weighted pack training, and you also you also need to do cardio. You need to break in your feet, your boots, your pack, you need to put weight in it, go up steep hills, uneven terrain, and you also need to get your cardio. That doesn't mean you have to do high impact stuff like running. You can do it on a on a salt bike or on a rower or something like that. But you have to get your heart rate up high. Yeah. First day hits, you'll be struggling, man. Yeah. Like, and on top of that, like, if you're at a point in your training where it's easy, make it hard. Yeah. Because you need that mental toughness you need that mental challenge every day to get yourself to a point where you won't quit on the mountain if if you don't know what it takes to kill and you're struggling 
you know, kind of want to go home, kind of don't want to do this anymore. You need to be able to get over that hump in your mind. Yep. And the only way to do that is to do hard things. Yeah. That I think that we should leave it right there. You do do hard things in your training. You're going to be pretty well off. Yeah. Well on your way. And make sure they don't know you, son. Yeah. Do they know you? Then you're not training hard enough. They partially know me. Yeah. They definitely partially know my ass too. I did run a marathon, so they kind of. I feel like it's almost kind of a shame you didn't enter a marathon. There's none that were around here. You gonna make yourself run one like next winter, next spring? I'm doing a 10k next month in August. That's a bad idea. Like you got. It's a 15k. Feel like you got your marathon out of the way. Up in the mountains too. Like you got your marathon out of the way. Like it's time to ramp up for elk season. That is ramping up. It's avoiding injuries. A run's not going to hurt me. Can't hurt me. You don't know that. It's literally a book. Can't hurt me. Yeah, I know. You don't know that, though. A run? What if you tear a fucking Achilles or something on a loose rock? Because you're tired (laughs) from your 15, your 14 and a half Ks you ran. I don't know. Who knows? Saying, I would rather tear that Achilles chasing an elk instead of fucking on a trail run. Hey, listen, I don't live my life in fear, okay, of what might happen. I don't either, but we're fucking, well, we're like 30 days out. I'm Just so over 30 days out. I'm so excited. Like, I'm a little bit in fear of something going bad and then me not being able to go at this <laughs> point. Like, it's, it's like Christmas morning. Like, you're afraid you were too bad of a kid all year and nobody got you anything. Right? Yeah. No, I feel good about it. I feel good about our, you know, my training. Uh, rampant. I need to lose some weight. I've been bulking this whole time. I'm proud to say I'm up to 200 pounds. So, so that's a big milestone for me. Coming from last summer, I was weighing in at 178. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, 20 I, pounds. I would say, like, I've proud of the consistency i've held in the gym yeah. over the last yeah i'm yeah eight months right like i'm impressed because i might your not... brother your sister too <laughs> loretta yeah loretta I, yeah la baba mm-hmm. uh i would say like i know what it takes to kill out i'm not i'm not out here running marathons but I'm in significantly better shape than I was at this time last year and the year before that and the year before that. Oh yeah. Maybe not sure. before that though, because I was still like kind of in shape from back in the day. Like at a certain point it was, it's like I'm now getting back into as good a shape as I was before I really fell off the mountain. Really? That's what, I mean, right. Nice. Would you not say that? Like you're not as in as good a shape as you were when we were 18. You couldn't, I don't think you could sprint hard like you did then. I don't think sprinting, but I definitely can endurance. I mean, I could kick my own ass. Oh, for sure. I was thinking just even like two years ago or I don't know. I've never been in really bad shape. So this one time I was fat as shit. (laughs) I got fat and complacent that year. I only hunted a week, two or two weeks. Was that the year you didn't hunt at all? No, it wasn't that. That happened two years. Yeah, I did. I got I got uh, the old no-go from work. But now I put in my time and my, I'm a, 
I'd have quit so fucking fast. Basic. I did quit one job to go hunting. In another state, and I moved the whole state. And I got that entire... That year, I hunted... So I the only year I've hunted more is when I was when COVID was here, 2019 or 2020. That year, I was in the mountain sun. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, but anyways, thanks guys for listening. I uh, hope that helps. Yep, thanks. <laughs>